This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field, going back Hernandez at the track, right to the wall, gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field, Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. And now joining us just over here. We're now we're now a TV show. What? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I would have gotten dressed up if you said that. The great Cal Bear, <laughs> the World Series hero. Tighten and it up. now the star of Astros Television. Blummer, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Tony? It has been so long. I want to hug you. I know it would be weird on our show, but it's been so long since we've seen you. It has been a while. It has been too long. You've been busy, man. Yeah. We, yeah. Can, we keep going. COVID, we keep going. Everything, lockout, we oh, keep I'm going. I'm talking about getting older and going to Augusta. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was. I've only been maybe three or four times, and I was jealous that you went this year. It was, um, It's it, the best way to put it. Was it everything you thought it would be? It's like Walt Disney came in and, and <laughs> built a golf course, and everything's perfect. Because I'm looking around, like all the pine straws perfect, and we're looking around, going, "There's no pine trees. Where are they getting all this pine? Like everything's everything. everything's imported. Even the azaleas in the back, they're bringing those things in fresh as can be, plant them that day, and let's go. And there's not one that's not bloomed and perfect. Exactly. How about the fact that now being on this side and understanding what it takes to put a production on? Granted, it's not as efficient as this, but that thing. Did you notice any wires? No. Not one wire. They buried everything at that place. They dug that entire thing up, piped it, lined it with wires, so now you cannot see a wire. All you see is just absolute pristine grass and pine straw. It's unbelievable. We're there for the practice round on Wednesday, and, you know, you're in the the southeast, so you're going to have lightning, and all of a sudden there's lightning in the (laughs) distance. You don't see any any speakers, but Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's – Dear patrons, you need to leave. Dear patrons, you need to leave. <laughs> Lightning is on its way. Please. And like you're like, where are these speakers? Like, and it's the a voice whole of God. Sa- it's a whole sound. <laughs> sa- coolest thing. They have multiple places at Augusta that are like little shopping stores. Yep. Yep. And you're able to go in, and I spent a grip of cash. Like, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I'll take one of that, one of that. You one. have to. And then you walk out, and then you get in line, and you take it up and give it to them, and they go, it'll arrive at your house on Tuesday. Is this not the greatest system ever? I could, I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me you're going to take this and ship it to my house? Yeah. You don't have to haul it around the course. We're going to ship it to your house, and you go have a good time. I started getting worried. And you forget about all the money you spent, too. I, I was I was starting <laughs> to get worried going, how am I going to carry When we were checking out, I'm uh-huh. like, how am I going to carry all these? Yeah. And then when you walk outside, you go, here. And then we, f- we fly back Tuesday. Yep. It arrived at my house. It's fantastic. How about the fact that you can go in there? Granted, you paid a boatload to get that ticket to get on the yes. course. And then for 20 bucks, you got a couple of sandwiches and like three beers, and you're ready to go. Beers are three fifty. Yeah, that's what I love about that place. They're holding on tight to that like 1950s like price tag on that thing. I've, been, I've done Super Bowl, NBA <laughs> Finals, World Series, U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, I, President's Cup. I've done so 
By far the best sporting event I've ever been to. By far. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? It's it's so good that my wife, who hates golf, period, loves going to the Masters because she just loves the way the event is put on. It's cl- it's clean. It's beautiful. The drinks are good. The cost is right at the at the concession stand. You get to walk wherever you go. She goes, I don't have to sit in that seat the entire time. I'm like, no, no babe, let's leave go for a there. walk. Yeah. Leave it there. I go, set the thing down, and we'll go for a walk. We'll come back in a couple hours and grab that seat. Yeah, everybody's like, every, how happy is everybody there? Everybody's just elated to be on the course and be experiencing what's happening there. That's the other beautiful thing about it. But how about the hills? Yeah, yeah. There, a, there's a couple where you, I mean, you feel like you're trudging up a hill big time. You know, you watch it your entire life, and then you get there, and then you say, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah. You start getting it. Like <laughs> I, I followed Rory in a practice round and watching like on, on number five green and how crazy. I, I get it now. Yeah. Like you get it. You've seen totally, it on TV. Dude. Now you realize, oh. They three putt in our mad. I could four five putt these. Greens. Oh, easily, yeah. It'd I would, be crazy. You put to that play. ball in the green and tell me to go for par, and that would be tough. You know, I recently texted you about this Astros team going. Yeah. You know what? Way to bring it back, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I need to use it. I need. I, I need to use this for pregame. Too. I know. I got you. I'm uh, with you. I'm just giving you a hard time, man, because it's been so long. Yo, know, so you look at the Astros. Yep. Top to bottom, pitching. Right now, the Astros' best ERA starters oh, relievers man. in the month of May. Dude. You hit bombs, and you don't need to hit bombs to score runs. Yeah. When you look at this as a complete team, just talk about how they can beat you really in every way. Well, that's what the, the craziest thing about it, and, and looking at the main numbers for the Houston Astros, I believe they, like you just said, best starters, best relievers, and I think the relievers are throwing, you know, maybe two innings a game, so the starters are going six, seven innings. It's insane what these guys have been able to do, and they've done it with, they did it with a six-man rotation when they brought uh, Christian Javier out of the bullpen, inserted him into the rotation. He didn't flinch, went five innings, I think, the first start, and then you lose a guy like Jake Odorizzi, who was on a tear for about four or five starts, and you lose him to that uh, ankle injury, and you're going, how are we gonna, how are we going to fix this? Who are we going to put in the middle of this? And you didn't have to put anybody in there. You called up a guy like Seth Martinez, who now is on a nine nine inning scoreless streak, I think, and he's covering three four innings for the Astros when you do get that occasional short start. So it all starts with pitching. They've been unbelievable, but that's what allows you to get the the one run, the two run, three run home run, and all of a sudden sit back because these guys aren't as well as they're playing. Their offense hasn't been up to par with the pitching. And that's probably the most scary thing about it is they've been relying a lot on the home run. But if they score four runs, I think they're undefeated on the season. So all they have to do is get to that four-run plateau with a, with a pitching uh, staff that's like at a 2-5. And then all of a sudden it's lights out. It's been incredible. Wow. That's, that, that's saying a lot. And, you know, the big question that a lot of people are going to have is you got star power – Obviously, with the Angels, and they're fun to watch. Oh, man, they're going to score some runs. But, you know, how are they going to get 27 outs night in and night yeah. out? And to me, with Seattle being a big disappointment, but you know what? They kind of they were out over their skis last year with the run. You could say. When you look at the numbers, yes, I, I'm with you. Fun on that. differential versus run, yeah. run differential, yeah. whatever. I mean, but, I mean, obviously, with what. You look at it's to me probably going to be a two horse race. It's can they pitch 
to hang on with the against the Astros. Yeah, watching Iglesias stumble over the last couple of outings, I think, is kind of concerning if I'm an Angels fan because he was the one guy I was like, dude, if they sign him back, they're going to be formidable because they have somebody that can shut those games down. They haven't really had that bullpen in the last three or four years to compensate when the team goes out there and actually has a lead late in the game. But, you know, signing Syndergaard and bringing back some of these guys, you know, health is another thing. Whether or not they can actually hold down an offense is one thing, but can they be healthy enough to give you 30 starts for Joe Madden to be able to go out there and allow those guys to go out there and score? But they're going to have to score eight, nine runs a game to try and beat people, and how long can you sustain that? I don't know. They're going to be in New York for the first time taking on the Yankees. And That's that, going to be highly entertaining. Yeah. Just Is Shohei throwing guys. out there? He's, he's, I don't, I mean, he's not going today. I think he's one of the starts. But Trout has dominated yeah. when he's been, you know, kind of going back home for him, a Philly kid. Um, I, I just think it's going to be – I think it's going to be – I think this this division, I wish what is going to be more exciting. I know for you mm-hmm. – Coming back here, you, I mean, I know you've all secretly pulled for the A's, being a Cal Bear. I've I know always for, been a NorCal guy. There's you, the, whenever you pull up the standings or pull up the computer, and you're always you're always kind of like taking a peek out of the you know the corner of your eye, going, "Where are these guys at?" Even the Giants, you know, there's all, there's an affinity here that I can't deny. Well, let's end on this. It always means you haven't been able to come here for a while. What does, no. it, what does it mean for you, a guy who's had such? I mean, it's your college. It's it's an area that means so much to you in your life. No, it's family. That's what it is. You know, it's. It, when I've come up here in the past, and granted, the last two years we haven't been able to get out here, usually I will go out and have breakfast with Bob Milano. I know that his yeah. health is a little bit of an issue right now, so we're kind of pulling back on that. But that's where I grew up. That's where I became a man. That's where, you know, when I had you know, when I had time and money to come over and have a good time, I came over to San Francisco and kind of, you know, just kind of rummaged through some of these local dive bars and had a good time. And, of course, I spent plenty of time in Berkeley. I learned how to play the game. I learned how to be a student athlete. Uh, I under Bob Milano, I think I grew up a lot, so I owe this, you know, this community a lot uh, for me personally. And every time I come back, I always look across the bay. I can't help myself because we'll stay in San Francisco, and you're coming across the Bay Bridge. I'll just be blindly staring out the window at the Campanile across the way, just going, "Man, remember the good old days?" And trying to remember, you know, some of the times that we had out there at Evans Diamond. But uh, there's still a pretty healthy uh, email chain with all those guys from the '92 World Series team that I was on. And when I go through certain cities, I'll get a random text or a random email and, hey, Bloom, are you in town? You know, so we still keep in touch. And obviously, I wouldn't have the job I have right now sitting (laughs) and talking talking baseball if I wasn't able to complete a sentence. So, you know, the the benefit of going to Cal, not just playing in the pack, was actually getting a (laughs) damn good education and being able to convince people that I I can carry a sentence, uh, you know, impromptu and – and, and watch the game and uh, criticize uh, appropriately. Great Cal Bear, <laughs> World Series hero, and now outstanding on Astros television. He's been one of our favorites. He's been uh, truly uh, so kind to us ever since we oh. started Ace Cast Live. Yeah, you, and you've coming back a, here and talking with you guys is always great too, man. You, you've meant a lot. Seriously, you've meant a lot to this. Yeah. You, you've always been there for us, and I've always appreciated it. Always that. will, man. Appreciate good, it. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Good seeing you, Tony. We got Jed Lowry coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Well, how about that? Back-to-back huge A's Cast Live guest. You think about what Blummer has meant to us. We got Jed here, what you've meant to us for, for so many years here with the A's and always so kind with your time. And, and now we're doing this 
People can watch this live on YouTube and Twitter and get oh. to kind of see the background and see BP. Perfect. It's a game changer and always great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. I got to think today was kind of a special day for you because it looks like you had your kids out there with you. <laughs> I did. I, I brought uh, I brought Miles out for the first time and then, uh, and then my daughter and wife showed up uh, a few minutes later. So Sage got to come down as well. So what is that like as your kids get older? Because when they were young, I remember they were really young, and you're, they don't know. Yeah, right. But now they know. What What, what is that like as a father? Uh, I, I mean, that's uh, that, that type of experience, right, getting, getting the opportunity to share that type of experience with them is – uh, you know, it's not something I got to experience. Uh, that means all, uh, you know, everything to me, like having, having them on the field with me and being a part of my day and seeing what it takes to kind of go through it. It's got to be a whole different perspective for you mm. to now, you know, being going from you have the kids, you got babies, you're trying to play through it, not easy, yeah. to now that they're older and they're self-sufficient and everything. Sure. I mean, what is that like? As you get older in the game and your family gets older with you, what is that like? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's these types of moments, right, where you get the opportunity to, um, you know, have shared experiences. And uh, it, it makes it uh, all the more special. Yeah. When you look at this team right now, hmm. what needs to happen to get things going for you guys at home? Well, I, I mean – just uh, I think cashing in on opportunities um, first and foremost uh, and just you know finding ways to continue to get guys on base and, and getting those big hits and um, you know I think uh, you know we kind of we're gonna have to find ways to, to score runs here um, you know the, the power numbers haven't been as, as good at home um, and you know it's a little different you never really know with the Coliseum some nights the ball's just not going to travel um, and so you got to find ways to string hits together and get those big hits, because um, you know, it, it, you know, sometimes the Coliseum doesn't play the same as as uh, other other parks when we go on the road. You know, the one thing about your game that we've always loved is that you're the extra base hit machine. I mean, we know the doubles and what you've done in your career here with the A's. I've always loved your brand. I kind of like the brand we got going now. Now, not everybody hits home runs, mm. and now. It's about scoring runs, maybe traditionally the old school way. Let's let's have some stolen bases. Let's hit behind the runners. Yeah. Let's take bags. I mean, this plays into your game. Have you enjoyed less of the everything's launch angle and everybody's trying to hit home runs and more trying to maybe a little bit more old school? Yeah, I, I mean, me personally, it hasn't really changed the way I approach the game. You know, I, I think I, I've never I've never gone up there trying to hit home runs. I've tried to drive the baseball, and when you get a good pitch to drive, um, you know, the ball is going to go out. And and you know, this year the ball has performed a little differently than what we've seen in the last few years. Um, but once again, that that's not really changing the way that I approach the game because um, you know I'm looking for a pitch that uh, that I can handle and, and drive. And that doesn't necessarily when I say drive, that doesn't necessarily mean in the air. It just means like hit the ball hard somewhere yeah i think about the walk-off hit against the rangers right. you know i mean that's just i mean you're you're what they give you is what you're gonna take Precisely. and you hit it hard no matter what but the joy that you guys still have that's one thing i think mark Kotze has really installed is there's right. gonna be fight every game no matter what that forget about the records forget yep. about the numbers sure fight every game and that you guys still got to enjoy yourselves and i think we saw that with it was an ugly game that you guys won right 
Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's that's all part of the process, right? And so, you know, if you can't find ways to enjoy the the good minute, the, the good moments in this game, um, you know, it's it's a it's a hard game, and and you know, you're not always going to be a part of a winning team. And so, when you have those when you have those moments, um, you always have to enjoy them. So we've talked a lot. I know we talked about this in spring training. You know, you played with Mark Kotze. Yeah. Uh, and, and now him as a manager, as a new manager, what is that like for you seeing the guy you played with and now seeing a guy who's maturing in his own as a skipper? Yeah. No, I mean, I think personality-wise, energy-wise, he's, he's the same guy. He's, he's a high-energy guy, emotional guy that, you know, he's invested. Like, he wants to see everybody do well, and um, he expects a lot of, out of everybody, and he expects us to fight just like you were saying until the very end. And, that, you know, anytime, uh, anytime he has a message for us, it, it seems like he always, always emphasizes that, right, that, you know, we're, gonna, you know, we're not going to give anything away, and, uh, you know, we're going to fight to the end. And I think that's the type of brand that, um, you know, the A's have been known for for a very long time, and I think he continues in that tradition. You played with some great players when you were young, mm. and I'm sure they said things to you that to this day you remember. Now you're an older player. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself saying some of the things that those guys said to you? You're now saying to younger players. Yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, you know, there's moments where you know something needs to be said. Just you know, even even just a clap of the hands in the dugout, right? Like, hey, let's just you know continue to grind this out, right? Get don't give anything away, you know, just just little things that you know it's easy to get discouraged. Um, that you know something something little, uh, you know, just a little earbug, right? That um, you know, hopefully can flip somebody's uh, mindset. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I learned a lot just by watching the way that the, a lot of the guys that I came up with went about, went about their business. And um, there's a lot to be said in this game about, you know, watching and learning um, how to go about your business on a daily basis. That's so interesting because we always think about, you know, what people say to other people, how you teach people when maybe one of the greatest tools is just to not say anything and use your eyes and mm. use your ears, not your mouth, and to see. So, and I think Marcus Simeon was a great example as Marcus was a guy that if you were a younger player, Marcus didn't say much, but, mm. man, did anybody work harder? And I right. think about you and the craft of what you have to do every single day. Mm. As a switch hitter, you got to work on your right and left swing as much as someone works on one so just talk about that how important it is really to use your eyes more than your mouth yeah no i i think that's uh um there's really nothing else to be said right i think especially as a young player we're trying to figure out who you are in the game um you know you 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 see the the veteran guys and how they go about their business and what it takes to put yourself in a position to perform every day to give the team the opportunity to win um, and, and so I think that's, um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, young players have to come up and, you know, zip their lip, right? Like we want, we want guys to come up and be themselves, um, show their personality, but at the same time, you know, learn, learn how to go about your business um, at the major league level to help the, uh, you know, help the team win. All sports, doesn't matter we're talking NFL, NBA, hockey, whatever, all sports change as they go on, especially when you play a long time, everything changed. What do you still love about the game? Uh, I mean, uh, there's not a lot I don't like about the game. Um, I, I would say first and foremost, uh, what I love is the opportunity to face the best in the world every single day. Um, and, you know, to my knowledge, there's, there's not another, you know, career where every single day for eight months out of the year, 
you get to face the best in the world. And that type of, um, you know, cauldron just, uh, it, it really sharpens your blade, right? Like you, you have the opportunity to make adjustments and to see the best in the world and, and to test your mindset, your physicality, everything about it. And uh, on a daily basis, there's no other sport like it. There's no other job like it. Well, that's what we've always loved about having you on is you're just going to sit there and feed us cliches. Yeah. You say something. That's yeah. why I wonder if you didn't do baseball, what do you think you would have done? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I, I mean, I was, I've always been interested in, you know, in, in business in general. Um, but you know, I, I really, I really don't know. I, growing up, I, I mean, I was a, I was a big, uh, I was either outside playing or I was inside playing computer games or, or video games. Um, so yeah, I, I, truth be told, I, I don't know. I obviously, you know, I, I went to, went to school, got my degree. Um, so, you know, baseball was Stanford's always kind of a decent degree. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully, uh, it's not a, just a piece of paper on the wall. Um, but no, it, it, that's uh, you know I always uh, I I didn't put all of my eggs in one basket you know and in terms of baseball I always wanted to be well rounded, um, but it, it's you know I, I'm obsessed with baseball and so it's always been my passion. Do you see Jed 2.0 somewhere front office coaching? God ownership. Yeah. I mean, where do you see once you say, okay, I'm done playing, right. I, I'm going somewhere. I mean, you you don't seem like a guy to me that's just going to play golf every day and hang out. <laughs> um, you know, no, I, I I'm definitely not. I, I will definitely be playing some golf, um, but it, it won't be. Uh, you know, it, it won't be on a on a daily basis. I don't think. Um, and, and what that is, I, I I don't I don't know what that role is in the game. Uh, it'll definitely be something. Um, you know, I just I feel like the um, the experience and knowledge that I've gained throughout the years, and um, you know, my like I said, my passion, uh, my obsession with the game, uh, I, I feel like uh, will will lead me you know down the path that that was right for me. And I just don't know what that is quite yet. I know you got to go, so let's end on this. Yeah. I think there's going to be, and, and, and you kind of fit right in that era perfectly, of a marriage and a blend. You know, not too much old school, mm. not too much new school. Kind yeah. of kind of be able to be both, be able to teach both, yeah. understand both. I think a guy that's played in the timeline of baseball when you played, understand that. Am I overstating that or do you think a guy like yourself could long term really help a lot of people cuz you could marry both together? Yeah. No, I, I I think I I think I am uniquely situated in that uh in that regard that I've, you know, I've seen um I've seen both worlds and um you know, it's uh the game is in a the game's in a place uh where, you know, from a um, you know, entertainment um, standpoint, and you know the the way that the game, the product is um, delivered on the field. Um, you know, there there's some there's some things that um, I know the commissioner is working hard to uh, you know try to try to. I don't know if modernize is the right word, but I, I I like to think of baseball as a as a romantic game, right? And so I think you know part of that romance of the game is building some anticipation. And so I think, um, you know, the opportunity to build that anticipation in the game um, is a little lackluster right now. I, I think, you know, home runs are fun, strikeouts are fun, um, 
but it's kind of like a sugar rush. You know, it happens and then it's over. Um, there, there's no real anticipation. You know, yeah. like there's there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of coordination that's happening on the field. There's no plays on. Um, so I, I think, you know, building that anticipation kind of brings the, the romance back to the game. And let me tell you about the evolution of Jed and our media here with the A's. The first time he ever came to the A's, we had Jed – Outside the stadium, yeah. we taped the interview in an old Raiders. It yeah. was like a metal ticket <laughs> box. It was like yeah, 8,000 degrees. It, it was really right? hot. And I'm like, <laughs> really we're hot. really going to go do Jed in there? And we had never <laughs> met before. <laughs> To where, to where now you're live on YouTube, uh, yeah, Twitter, know, right? we're on the field. Uh, it's amazing the change you've seen <laughs> in how this team gets covered. Yeah, that uh, that that is a memory that I will never forget because that was uh, that that was a uh, you know a hot box. Let's just put it that way for uh, for no other reason than the temperature. Yeah, yeah, you're in a different market now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks yeah, for everything. Thanks. We always appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Right. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. You see him now. Boy, have we changed, Dallas Braden, because not only do you hear A's Cast Live streaming, but now you can watch it on YouTube and Twitter. No free ads. That's uh, outstanding. How about that? That's outstanding. Step your game up. You continue to step the game up. You I you like it. keep growing, bro. It's like you're living on a ladder, baby. Keep climbing. Keep climbing. Well, think about yourself. That's it. You went from pitching. Next thing you know, you're on ESPN. You're dealing down at fantasy camp still no one's taking you deep right that's never gonna happen let's be real no one's taking you deep yeah and i've got uh, i just want to let some folks that might be watching listening i want to let you know got a little something up my sleeve for fantasy camp this season and i don't mean like coming from me i mean for the camp uh, but i'm working hard behind the scenes to really take the meaning of fantasy camp to the next level now that is called a tease so just, just know that. Every day I'm working on it. Every day. So then you're getting on TV behind the plate. Now you're up in the booth. Yeah. Keep growing. I mean, for you, I don't know if you ever really thought you wanted to do this full time because you got a lot going on. I mean, you, I mean, you had other, obviously, business things going. How you liking it? Did you ever think that you would want to do it full time? I, First of all, it was never something that was ever really on my radar. And I was given a great opportunity many years ago uh, to go out to ESPN, audition, met a lot of great people, was able to land the job, extension, had a great time there, right? I think what that did was kind of open my eyes to looking at the game and analyzing the game from a different perspective, allowing me to put a GM, GM hat on at times, but really still you know, maintain a closeness with the player perspective of the game. And knowing that I'm not so far removed from the game, and because my love and passion and interest for the game, I find myself, you know, I want to say that I'm at the at the brink of what we're doing in a game regarding technology and things of that nature, but I'm, I'm up to speed. And, you know, for, for me, that matters. So having the opportunity to do that was something that I was really excited about, and I didn't even know I was going to be excited about it. So uh, for me, that's just the game kind of, giving back in another way that I never really anticipated it would. And now here I am having the opportunity for uh, a few years to be able to work with Kipe and work with Foss and really learn the game on a different level. You know, I talk about these guys, these big leaguers who have a PhD. They have a doctorate, right? And, and that's something that you just you, – you, 
you don't get at 7-Eleven. They're not handing those out. So I got to work with a guy in Ray Fossey who had the Ph.D. on the field and also had the Ph.D. in the booth. And to be able to learn from somebody like that who shared a strong love and passion for the game that I do was such a blessing because at times you can come into a place where there's cold shoulders, there's expectations that you're hoping to meet, and there's nobody there that really can serve as a sounding board for you. And that wasn't the case with me and Foss. So just to have that, Townie, and to, you know, unfortunately not have him around any longer, but knowing that I'm a part of, I'm a part of what he was a part of. I'm a part of what he's helped build here. And that 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 means the world to me. Yeah, and, and he's definitely looking down, and he's proud because you guys are carrying on his tradition. Of course, what we have here in the outfield and on the uh, players' jersey, I, I, Foss would be proud. And when you say you know they're just not handing this out at at Seven Eleven, so you just can't get that with like Funyuns. Uh, some beef jerky and a big gulp. Sorry, bud. Your flaming hot Cheetos do not come with like two and a half years of service time at third base. It just doesn't work that way. I would love for it to work that way. It doesn't. I've got a lot of friends who, if you listen to them talk, it does work that way because they go down and pick up big league time every time they go to the store. They're like, yeah, I'll just pick up another 150 ABs. I'll pick up another 20 innings and, and let it, you know what you should be doing out here. And a Slim Jim. Right. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> and a Slurpee, please. You know, your time away from the game, each year now it's a little bit longer since you played. How do you think you've changed, not only just as a person, but now as an analyst? I would say I'm, well, something I was always open to as a player, which I think has helped me, is the advancement of the game and looking for little things that you can do to get better, little things that you can do to separate yourself from the competition within and the competition outward, meaning you're trying to separate yourself when you're amongst the ranks in the minor leagues. How do I scratch and claw? Who do I need to eat today to get to where I need to be? The technology is great for that, not only in in moments as far as assessment, acute assessment, but when you're trying to build as well. So just just being able to being able to do those things like that that matters. That matters. So that's where that's where my brain goes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it. And and you have always been proud of looking at it a different way. Well, yeah, or in your own unique way. Yeah, because for me, I, I've I've been able to do so many different things in terms of what I was done, what I was doing on the field as a player. You know, I. I, I'm, I was by no stretch a closer, but I've pitched <laughs> in the ninth inning. You know what I mean? I've quote unquote closed baseball games. I was not a not a closer by any stretch. Let's not let's not get crazy. But I've been the mop up guy. You know, I've been a I, I've been the go get the lefty guy. I've I've been an opening day starter. I've done I've done all of those things. So seeing the game from all of those perspectives is for me an advantage. Uh, last time I checked, you have more complete games than uh, that Jacob DeGrom guy everybody wants to put in the Hall of Fame already. Isn't that, isn't that correct? <laughs> that is true. But he's pretty good, Tony. I That he's doesn't matter. Good. He could end up with more no-hitters than, than anybody's got perfect – or that, not perfect, anybody's got complete games. I'm just saying facts are facts. <laughs> they are. They facts are. Keep are spitting facts. them. Keep spitting them. Um, playing on a bad team. Unfortunately, you know, when you cover all the teams that I have, and it doesn't matter whether it's baseball or all the Raider teams that I covered here on this field, I covered a lot. I've covered great. I've covered bad. When you're on a bad team, people start 
getting into the I, 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 me, me, me. And it's understandable. I mean, we're, you're paid by your numbers. You're paid on what you do. You're auditioning for the A's and the 29 other teams. It's about your career. So how tough is it for someone for like Mark Kotze that the more you start to lose, it's tougher to keep everybody pulling on the same rope? Well, I think what you have to do is make sure you are creating and continuing to mold and remain fluid the rope. And the rope can take on different shapes throughout the season. And that might look different than the rope, excuse me, at at the beginning of spring training. That rope, you've got a ton of, you know, winning aspirations. This is what we want to do, regardless of what the naysayers are saying. We know what we can do, right? You, You understand that whole mindset. Well, that's that rope then. The rope might change and look a little different in July, come the all-star break. That rope might not feel the same. So understanding that, can you get everybody to continue to pull in the direction of development, the direction of growth? And if everybody understands that they're just trying to get better together and collectively what I think can happen is something we saw happen with the last group of guys that were here. And that's everybody just kind of got better all at the same time together. And then you started winning ball games when people were like, you don't, you're not supposed to be winning ball games. Why are you guys good again? How did this happen? And it's because everybody just kind of kept their head down, kept grinding. And when you look up and you're not listening to the outside noise, you've got a chance to be a hell of a lot better than you were three months ago. And I think that's what we're seeing incrementally in little spots throughout the diamond. We're seeing that happen. That's what I pay attention to. There's a lot to pay attention to this season for the team, for the organization, for me, having the opportunity to watch these guys grind each and every day. I'm looking at guys who put the work in every morning, every afternoon, and then I watch it unfold on the diamond. And that's why I think at the end of it all, regardless of what the win-loss record says, the development is going to be there. And it's going to be because a guy like Mark Kotze makes sure you understand at the end of this thing, did you get better today? That's what we're here to do. Did you get better 1% better than we were yesterday if so I'll see you tomorrow and you know what we're going to do tomorrow we're going to get better so you talk about how the rope changes also what's changing is a lot of different hands touching that rope sure 41 guys have been used by the A so far and we're not even in June yet Mm -hmm. so you're going to have a lot of different faces and at what point do you think there could be starting, and you might have saw this in your time, where there's a little bit of a pivot of older guys, the need for the older guys not so much, and as you just kind of put developing, got to start more developing guys as we maybe get into July and August of the season. Well, that I, I think, you know, again, where you're at competitively has a big impact on that, and where certain guys are at, has an impact on that, meaning if you have young guys that you feel are on the brink of their quote-unquote development and ready to be impactful at this level and just need the opportunity, it might be time to run them up here. And if you feel like they're not necessarily ready to make an impact, but based on where we're at competitively, it'd be time to get some good looks at them, why not, right? Those are conversations that are being had several pay grades above you and I, Townie. So when I <clears throat> excuse me, when I think about where they're at, what you got to do, you're not worried about who's coming in that door and who's coming out of that door. Again, if your head's down and you're grinding, hopefully you're the one welcoming someone in, or hopefully you're the one who can put an arm around a guy on his way out and say, hey, 
Just keep going. I know that I've been there, too. We'll see you here very soon. You'll be here to help. As a, as a starter, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you're going to go with this. But to me, I look at some of these guys. I know I, I, I want to say, okay, who do I really want to get a look at? And I pick that guy, and I want – let's just say the guy's name's Dallas Braden. And I want to see Dallas Braden pitch X amount of games – See how he prepares every five games. There might be some games you're hell on wheels. There might be other games you get your brains beat in. But I want to give you that opportunity and to see how you react to the good, the bad, the ugly, how you go about your business every day. And sometimes we're not allowing that. We're saying, oh, we put you out there for two games. You didn't go well. Boom, you're back down. How much do you want to see this organization Pick a whoever it is and say, we're going to give you an ample opportunity to go out and prove something to us. Well, I think what you have to also what you have to understand is getting to know these players is something that everybody has to do. You know, just because you've identified who they are through scouting doesn't mean you really know who they are, meaning what, what makes them tick, if you can put them in comfortable positions, how do they respond, how do they respond to turbulence. Th- those are questions that you can only have answered once you kind of get eyes on or you can feel the pulse of, right? So that's really important. So I, I can understand wanting to get guys up here and sort of say, look, if it's not October or bust and that's not the mindset, is there any value to getting an extended look at some of these guys who we think are going to be around and can help for a while? Is there any value? Sure, there's value to that. But is that the business operation? Is that how you efficiently utilize your resources? And is that the best way you're going to get your looks or your assessments? Again, decisions that you and I are not making. Yeah, no doubt about that. Maybe they should come to us and say, hey, what do you think? I'm open and available. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see Verlander. It's almost, you know, with Tommy John surgery, coming back, being dominant again. I heard the, he's the Nolan Ryan of our generation. Sure. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I can see the comparison. Just what he's doing after what he's been through at his age. What does this truly mean for the game? Why would it not be the Nolan Ryan of our generation? Is it because – what is it because? Hell, he might be better. So, he might be in his own – you know, because as much as I love Nolan Ryan, my generation loves Nolan Ryan. Oh, uh, I mean – Nolan's my guy. Don't get me wrong. Nolan's my but, guy. We're talking seven no-hitters, 12 one-hitters, 22 two-hitters. Like the dominance is just – Otherworldly. You're talking about a guy that's won a World Series. You're talking about a guy that's won an MVP, mm-hmm. Cy Young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really hate him. Kate Upton's his wife. He's a scratch golfer. There's nothing about him that I like. Verlander could possibly have three more Cy Youngs. Like yeah. he could. You could argue that he's been hosed out of multiple Cy Youngs. And to do what he's doing at his age after the new injury, tendon. new tendon, baby. Keep that's rolling. Amazing. It's incredible. It's great. Just get the club re-gripped and you're ready to fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's phenomenal. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way, but it's working well, that way for him. But that's, an, that's a testament to keeping yourself in a condition that allows you to go out and perform day in, day out, regardless of where the arm is, right? And when you can do that, you're giving yourself an opportunity to bounce back from injury quicker than maybe other folks are because – 
rounding third, headed home in your career. Maybe you're not so driven to do all of the little things, dietary restrictions, sleep, recovery. Like putting the emphasis on all of those things is important every day you get older. So if you're serious about continuing to dominate the way he has, because it's not like he's just back pitching and, oh, this guy's good. It's not like he's just back pitching and, man, what if it was Verlander of old? Wouldn't he be great? Because he's he's still got some. He's still okay. It's no that dude. That's the same. That's the same dude. That's the same dude, and that's scary. That is frightening. Because you scratch your head, you wonder how do we get here? Like, isn't this supposed to be tapering off? I mean, maybe he's not finishing ball games with the frequency he was twelve years ago. Damn. Still pretty good. Yeah, he's going straight into the Hall of Fame. I couldn't believe, like, before the injury, people were maybe questioning it, and then there was people who went, well, then after he got injured, has he done enough? You're like, yeah, I think what? this is a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, there, there were people writing these articles. You're like, and, and then now what he's doing, I mean, if he can come back and win a Cy Young again, which right now it's Who's early. He's a lead horse. Come on. I was having this conversation in the elevator. It's a lead horse. You got to have, what, 202? Yeah. And that's just because he had one outing where he recently gave up a couple yeah, gave, runs. Yeah, he got touched up. but Not really that bad. It was like four runs. Yeah. I mean, he was so low that four runs can get you up to two, but it's still like 2.02. It's yeah. amazing. It'll be fine. This team right here, how would you go about pitching them, knowing that they can beat you every single way? What's tough is that they have, and I, I was saying this the other day, they have – the combination of discipline and aggression littered throughout their lineup. And that's what I think you really strive to have is guys who can put a really good swing on pitches early in the count and then still have guys that have the discipline and the wherewithal to identify a pitcher who might be struggling, who might not have his best pitch today, and kind of wait him out. And if so, you really start to put a pre- you really start to put pressure on a guy, and now the lineup starts to eliminate pitches. And when you have that combination of the discipline – to get to a point where you are exposing a guy's inability to execute pitches, and then you have the aggression to jump on a guy that has to go to the fastball early because he can't get you with off-speed early, that's a deadly recipe. Deadly. And that's what they're featuring right now because the guy at the very top of the lineup can pop you and hurt you. Guriel, probably the best bad ball hitter in baseball, right now like you you got to throw it behind him to get it in on him (laughs) otherwise it's not going to happen like he could turn on it yeah you know like i got no shot of getting 87 no matter how much confidence i have getting it in there he's gonna have to hit my pitch so these are guys you just have to move the baseball around and you have to try to stay as unpredictable as possible there's really no recipe per se like if you've got and and that's where townie to the opponent technology that's where you really start to dive in and say all right is there anything that i'm featuring based on what it looks like based on the visual for the hitter that i can do that can help me does my fastball play up against these guys do they like to get after the pitch at the top of the zone if so is there something i can do in my mix that allows me to expose that where now i just got to tickle the top i got to step on it gonna have to go get 90 91 dow if you can but if so, the technology tells me that. And that's going to help me formulate a game plan against this behemoth. Yeah. These guys in the Dodgers, man, can't even imagine. You're, pre- you're preparing for teams that just you look. 
I mean, the Dodgers are looking to do something to be like the all-time great in run differential when you what they're doing per game run differential. Buddy, that's like rowing a that's like rowing a hoe in a granite quarry. Like there's you got zero chance. It's so brutal. There's there are, are no there are no breathing holes. You know what I mean? Like you're looking through that lineup. Where do I come up for air? You know, think about the Antarctic. You got a little seal just kind of lonely navigating where's the hole in the ice where do i pop up <laughs> where do i pop up the only problem is when you pop up you got a leopard seal looming uh, <laughs> ready yeah. to just you know like oh how, uh, come on this really i got nowhere I got, I got nothing that's what it feels like if where we are at the quarter point and i can tell you about how the a's have the worst home record i can tell you how the a's are getting drilled at home and run differential i could tell you all this kind of stuff you know it i know it you could go well in on this. You could go into that clubhouse today, and you could just say something to the group. What would you say? You know, I, I honestly, Townie, I don't know that there's anything that necessarily needs to be said at this point, and that's because I truly believe what I said to you earlier about Mark Kotze and the communication with the group and understanding where we're at right now. Again, if you want to think about wins and losses right now and get caught up in – that I don't know that that's really going to help you focus on what opportunity lies in front of you. And you can speak like that sort of in generalities to virtually everyone in that room, right? Because almost everyone in that room has an opportunity that they've been waiting for 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 a long time, which is to just establish the fact that I'm an everyday big leaguer or I'm here in the big leagues ready to run away with this, ready to really take my game to the next level. And we've seen a lot of guys in that room show that that opportunity is on the tip of their tongue. They, they know it. They can taste it. And that's just that's, that's present by the work I'm watching them put in each and every day, the work that gets put in when folks aren't here in the ballpark, the work that gets put in in the tunnel. I can hear it walking in. I can hear it walking out after the ball game. So there's, there's a lot to be said for knowing that what this season represents for everyone in that room is really a lot about getting better, establishing a routine, and seeing how that serves you when we look up in September. Well, we've said it on the postgame show many of times. It's the year of discovery. That's it. That's Y-O-D. It. It's, the, it's the era of opportunity. Like, are you, what, who, who's going to take advantage of it? A's got to find out who can help you now. A's got to find out who can help you in the future. The year of discovery. I like it. That's all I got. I like it. Boom. The good great to, Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. We got more coming up as we get you ready for the A's and the Astros. And Dave O'Brien is walking over right now as we're going to have him uh, on our set. You know, the reality is a lot of these guys would not – would not be at the big leagues. They wouldn't be at the big leagues with other teams, as Dave is joining us now and as he knows. We've had him on the program so many times over the years, but because of COVID and everything, we haven't had Jim person on our set here on the field. It is wonderful to fight face-to-face you finally too. meet. Great to see you, Chris. Great to be uh, – always great to be in Oakland. I love coming to Northern California. I've spent the previous three days up in Napa. That's correct, With, yeah, with my heard. wife and my daughter and visited some incredible 
vineyards, which we love to do. We just don't get out here enough, but it's always a pleasure. Yeah, your daughter actually crashed my house the other day, <laughs> and uh, so I've seen your daughter recently yeah. and the great Alex Jensen, who obviously fills in here. Yes, and uh, that big ring that he gave her, too. So, yeah, we're all uh, we're also happy to have uh, Alex as a member of our family very soon. Yeah, you're having to plan a big wedding, I hear, coming up. A couple of them. Uh, Sammy's younger sister, Caitlin, gets married in September, and then Sammy about – uh, 13 months later uh, down in uh, San Luis Obispo. So, yeah, we're going to spend a little more time in California than we normally would, which is great for us. Safe to say you're not retiring anytime soon. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been told. I've been told it's the dad and mom's responsibility to pay for virtually everything. So that's the – but it's it's a great way to go. You know, I have, uh, twin, I have 16-year-old twin girls. I'm just excited they're driving right now <laughs> right. and that I can – because you know our schedule – we're here late, and by the time you get home and the next day, you got to get up and take the kids to school all these years. Yep. To actually now sleep in, as I know they're getting to school, yeah. it's like it's changed my life. It is, but are they both good drivers, and who taught them how to drive? I tried. I was a little negative, I think, so yep. the wife kind of stepped in. And she was uh, probably a lot better at that because that's what happened in my house. One has one has passed and is officially the driver. The other is like, well, if my sister's driving, I'm kind of okay <laughs> with just being in the side seat because right. they're not really going anywhere other than school. So sure. I'm just, you know, I'm thankful that they're starting to have teenage lives because yeah. they didn't have that for yep. for a few years. So oh, I'm especially happy about your it. yeah, your kids and like all of mine are much older. We didn't go through COVID with them as youngsters and teenagers going to school like that. I cannot imagine what everybody, everyone's listening to you and your and your family, can't imagine what you went through. And now at least some semblance of normalcy again has to be a godsend, really. Well, yeah, well and I think about like you and your career, all the different sports that you do. It's just not the Red Sox. I mean, for you... Going from a guy that's been doing this for so long to like, now I'm putting you in a studio, you're not at the game. Yeah, yeah. What has it meant for you and your career to get back out for all the all the different events? It's incredible. It's It reminded me of why I got in the business to begin with because the first time you put on these headsets that you and I are wearing right now here at the Coliseum, when you're a young announcer and you hear the roar of the crowd, that's why you do it. You really do. That electrifying sound of the roar of the crowd. That's why I wanted to become a sports announcer. And uh, you don't get that when you're doing games in studio. You hear that muffled sound coming from maybe 2,000 miles away piped into your headset. It's not the same as the feeling of immediacy, the momentum that's actually palpable that comes through that headset. I miss that so much, and it's so great to be back doing games live. You know, i got to think about the pressure that's going to be put on this Red Sox team, and a lot of it is because what's happening across the bay with the Celtics coming on, being NBA Finals, huge win last night. Sorry, Warrior fans. Uh, we're now we're now doing this, by the way, just not just what we've been doing streaming. We're now on Twitter. We're now on uh, YouTube. So they not only hear us, they can now see us. Wonderful. As we're growing this thing that we yeah. like to call A's Cast Live. And, you know, across the bay last night, a huge upset win for the Celtics. I know Hein Bloom, what he did in Tampa – and you think about someone like Mookie Betts leaving, who's an absolute star. You know, there's going to – Bogarts, we're going to talk about that and everything. But how important is it for the Red Sox to play the big boy in baseball and be a big market team and get the Celtics doing what they're doing? Yeah, it's very real. And those franchises and, – and I know you have a sense of this, but they really do push each other. 
uh, in a very real way. Like the Patriots push everybody. They push the Red Sox. The Red Sox push the Celtics. Celtics push the Bruins. And when you think about all the championships that our region has been so lucky enough to be a part of all the parades we've had, downtown Boston on the Charles River over the years, and now there might be another one. But I think that's very real. That There is a friendly, competitive edge that each of them pushes on the other one. That's going on right now with the Celtics and everybody else because that's such a darn good basketball team. By the way, I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking going into the fourth quarter, the game's over. Yeah, It is over. They're <laughs> yeah. not going to – I mean, Steph will probably go off for another 21 points. The Celtics could not miss. And so that sets up a fascinating series, the rest of this thing. it Now it's must-see TV. If it wasn't before, it certainly is now. I know it is here and in Boston. I'm talking about for the rest of the country now. I think they're really going to get into this series. And you got two big market teams. you got a lot of uh, household names. A lot of the Celtics people are going to be here tonight with you guys in town. So it should be a lot of fun. And with Tom Brady, you know, for my years – Seeing Tom as I worked for the Raiders and had the greatness that was Tom Brady, and now that he's left, the Patriots aren't the same. So the Red Sox have always been number one in Boston. Even when Larry Bird was there, I mean, mm-hmm. even Bill Russell back in the day, I, I know, I, I know, uh, or in the Bruins. Is it back to Red Sox are king and everybody's a little bit below? Where are we in the hierarchy in Boston sports? You know, now I think, Chris, it's like whoever has the chance to win the next championship sort of ascends to the top of that pole. And right now that's certainly the Celtics. But that wasn't anticipated when the season got underway because of Brad Stevenson leaving the sideline, going upstairs. They didn't get off to a good start. But now they're the kings of the hill, and they're certainly the most popular franchise. But, you know, their season's either going to end with a championship or they're going to lose to the Warriors. It's still going to be perceived as a magical year. Then it's going to be right in the middle of summer, and the only game in town is going to be the Red Sox. And there's going to be 37,000 fans a game there. This club has to be performing at a really high level if it wants to take that baton and move on and, and pass that, hopefully, to the Patriots in the fall. But... We don't know. I mean, May was a better month, certainly, than April for the Red Sox. They went 14-14 and in May, but this team got off to a horrible start. Right now, they're leading the American League in runs scored. They couldn't score at all in April. So it's really the damage has been done with Trevor Story getting going. He had 32 RBIs in one month. And Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers, who's really turned into a true superstar. He's a monster at the plate. Obviously, J.D. Martinez is having a great year. He's hitting 360s, leading the American League in hitting. So a lot of things have come together. But initially, April was a dark month, and, and uh, everyone was really looking forward to the NBA playoffs. I think now the Red Sox are beginning to gain some momentum. Didn't finish this last homestand very well, but this is a big road trip starting tonight for them. I was worried for a story. I've interviewed him before. People that I know know him say he's a really good guy. When all of a sudden the comparisons because of the contract to Carl Crawford, I went, that's not good. So I was glad to see him start hitting. But the one thing that I look at your guys' club, and I see it all in baseball, and I know I sound like old man River about starting pitching and innings pitched. When you got 8,000 guys down there in the bullpen, it takes only one a night to screw it up for you when you're relying on so many guys. And if I look at the one issue, just looking at you guys from afar, I'd say the big problem has been bullpen. Yeah, it sure has, and not having a closer. And I think the idea coming in was Matt Barnes, who had been an all-star first half of last year, really faded in the second half of last year for whatever reason, had a bad second half. The hope was he could regroup and take that job back. 
That hasn't happened. He's injured now. Strom really is the guy that is probably the most reliable guy for us at the back end. Diekman has been in and out when he's been good. He's been spectacular. When he's been bad, he's been bad. And I think A's fans can relate to seeing some of that. <laughs> but I think he's a, he's a guy that if he gets rolling, he'll strike out Stanton Judge and LeMahieu in New York on a Sunday night in order. And he's throwing 97, and you're like, well, that's the guy. But we really don't have a closer on this team. And it's a team with a, you know, north of $200 million payroll that doesn't have that stud locking up games, and that's a bit of a head-scratcher. So that's a huge topic back in Boston. Well, I'll tell you this. As a former bad college pitcher, I look at Evaldi going tonight. What I would have given to have 100 miles an hour, (laughs) 98 miles an hour, I would have given everything to have that. How's he given up so many home runs? That's like mind-blowing. He's allowed 16 home runs, which is the most in the major leagues. He gave up 15 all of last year. He did not allow a home run last year until the 22nd of May. He gave up two on opening day. That was more than he had allowed in the, the first three, four, five, six weeks of the season. So it's been a head scratcher. That That's another one that's been unusual. We've had a bunch of those. Like, how did that happen? How did we get? How did we lose five games by walk-offs in the month of April? You just don't do that. Yeah. A really good club, that doesn't happen to. And yet you know the Red Sox are a good team. They are going to score a ton of runs. Nate Evaldi is a heck of a pitch. Nick Pavetta has been phenomenal for us. We The starting pitching's actually been pretty darn good. It all it all in the end comes back to you better lock up those games when you're up 5-3 to three in the seventh inning. We have not been able to do that enough, and that's why we got in this, you know, 11-and-a-half game hold of the Yankees. Well, yeah, and it's all around baseball, too. Look, Joe Girardi lost his job today. I mean, I know their defense wasn't great, but – whether whether it was Gabe Kapler, who now is with the Giants, he'll tell you. I mean, their biggest problem was bullpen. So, you know, I know there's there, there's been years. We had that one year where Blake Trinan had one of the greatest. You had a Dennis Eckersley year, right? No, no. And, and Lou Trevino, and the whole bullpen was great. And we were coming out of the spring training the next year going, that's our strength. Yeah. And then they were terrible. So it's yeah. like year to year. It is. It's so hard to build it, and who's going to be good, who's not. And I don't know, Rhyme re give you any rhyme or reason why that is yep and that's exactly what's happened with with our bullpen this season and what they're trying to figure out is seven eight nine and we've got a young stud who we had to move into the rotation by the name of garrett whitlock who if he stayed in the bullpen all season he'd be an all-star he's a good starting pitcher and you always like your best arms and he throws 97 he's got a a nasty changeup. he's a terrific young pitcher but if he stayed in the bullpen, that would have been one thing, maybe even closing out games. We've been forced to use him in a rotation. Chris Sale is not here. Eventually he will be. We've had some holes in the rotation that have needed to be filled, and, and so we've had to go that way. But I think come the second half, you'll see the Red Sox with one of those 17 wins in 20 games kind of stretches. I do. But got to get that bullpen squared away. And that means they're active. They're looking for other guys. They're looking for arms who can help us late in games. I think of Betts in L.A., and I still just shake my head. Like, how does it's not like he was leaving the Kansas City Royals mm-hmm. or the Miami Marlins. Heck, the Oakland A's, let's be honest. Um, and you get a guy like that who could have a plaque in Cooperstown someday, and Red Sox fans will never forget that. I now think of Bogarts, who really – face not only kind of face of the franchise kind of guy but community guy right he's oh, really yeah. involved in the community best guy in the world like what do you like how do you not signing him up i know it's a tough question it is he's 30 years old tonight he breaks the franchise record for most starts at shortstop 
in, in Red Sox history. Tonight he does that. So this is a momentous occasion for Xander. Um, the ultimate stand-up guy, great in the community, great in the clubhouse, the kind of guy everyone looks at as the captain of the team, even though the Red Sox don't give out uh, the C for the captain. Um, it, it's, a, it's a discussion they had. They offered him one more year. He was offended by that. That was $30 million, but it was one more year instead of four years. He wants to finish his career with the Red Sox. His age, I think, is probably part of that equation. If it's me, Dave O'Brien, who's called every game he's played in, give me the checkbook. I'm signing him up for whatever he wants uh, because of, he's all of those things, and he should finish his career with the Red Sox. But I also see the business side of it because the guy next to him, Raphael Devers, is an astonishing offensive force. Hits for power, drives in runs. He leads the majors in hits right now, but he, he has more hard hit balls than anybody in the game, and that's true. He hits the ball harder than Vladimir Guerrero, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, anyone you want to mention. So you've got to sign him up. You just spent $140 million on story. Now you're saying we need a closer. We need to go probably pay for a closer at some point. That's a lot of money. I mean, there is... The bank account's big in Boston. It's a huge budget, well over $200 million. But that doesn't mean there isn't an end point, too. So I get a funny feeling it's going to get done with Xander, especially if he continues to have the year he's having. But right now they're not talking contract. Well, I can tell you up on the North Shore in Massachusetts, uh, the Townsend family, you might have heard of Townsend Oil. Sure have. That's yeah. my family. They're all season ticket holders. So you're loaded, Chris. You're absolutely lo- You're filthy rich. Okay, so – they're really, really rich. <laughs> My grandfather was the oldest, came out to fight in World War II, and uh, came back to San Diego from after World War II in the Pacific and said, I'm never going back to Boston again. So, And he became a fisherman. So they kept all the oil money, yeah. and we had to grow up in the tough, tough world of San Diego, uh, so, California. So sad for you. That must have been really difficult Fish, as tacos, flip-flops, yeah. and sunburns. I had it rough. Waking up every morning, and it's 75, and it won't get any hotter. Too bad for you. No, you're not. You never touched a shovel your whole life. A snow shovel. You know, surfing's not easy. <laughs> See, you guys think it's easy. It's not easy. Waxing that board is tough work. But yeah. the family will tell you they 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 want that checkbook for the players. Yes, they've well, got because they, they remind me all the time. They have the highest season tickets in all of baseball. They certainly do. The, the Red Sox do, and you know people pay a lot of money to go to the games. And it's as you know, it's work to go to a game at Fenway Park. Finding parking. Or as we say, parking Park. is not easy to do, and it's very expensive. The everything you eat in the ballpark or purchase is incredibly expensive. It's a, it's a commitment beyond just being a regular fan. It's part of your not just your summer, hopefully your fall too, but it's it's part of your life. It's part of the fabric of your life. Going to Red Sox games, following the Red Sox on radio, on TV, it's really special and. Uh, and that's one of the reasons the Red Sox are able to, to charge the prices that, that they do. Well, you're going to park your car in Harvard Yard, right? Isn't park that your car in Harvard Yard, and you'll go to, go to the packy and uh, get me a six-pack. <laughs> and you know, it's, No, it's, it's a great place to live. It's a very demanding place to live, and you know this is true, of all the franchises. That's one of the reasons it, it fuels the success of these teams. No doubt about it. Well, congratulations with everything with the kids. Uh, it's going to be some big moments for you coming up here. Some big checks, I thought you were going to say. Yeah, there's no question. we got some big moments coming up and uh, a lot of wonderful, wonderful times to come, and some of them right here in California. Now, you've had an unbelievable career, and you've had a lot of big moments, but when you got to stand up at those two weddings and give the speech – 
tears flowing? How do you think that's going to work? Oh, it's going to be rough. Those are my girls now, my, my daughters. So, you know, my daughter Sammy is is the one that our family says is, and this is good or bad, I don't know how you look at it, the most like dad. So she's known that since she was, you know, knee high to me that everyone compares her to her father. But it's fine. And she went into broadcasting, too. Pac-12 Network. Works for the Pac-12 Network. Yeah. And she's going to be here tonight. And you bet you it's going to be a very, very emotional time. No, no question. Well, we always appreciate you coming on. But it's great to see and finally you meet you face to you face. You too, Chris. A pleasure, What man. you've done for us here, I truly appreciate Anytime it. Anytime you guys need me, I'm, I'm here. And I'm glad to come and bore you to death uh, talk about the Red Sox. So. And have a great call tonight. Thank you, my friend. He's the lefty Cole Irvin here on A's Cast Live. How are you? Great. What's up, A's fans? Live on YouTube. You like how we're stepping our game up? It's I love just this. Not, I mean, we're all we're multimedia just for you. I love I love this because now they're going to see me dance while we're on YouTube and the music's going on behind me. You know, it's a lot of ugly things that are going to happen now. But you were trying to get clicks, so keep doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> um, we we're, we we have a problem with you, and I hate to say it, and oh, I and I don't no. want to start out negative. Because, you know, I want to be positive. Well, as long as we end with a positive, we'll be all right. But we have a major negative, kind of a bone mm, to pick with you. Okay, all right. You're only the 12th fastest pitcher in baseball. You're not top 10. Well, it's these dang hitters that take their time and their batting routines that I think is the problem. I don't think it's me because I'm standing there ready. I, when I saw Shane Bieber was number one, and I mean, it wasn't he, you. I mean, he works fast. I mean, he's been working fast since college. But but you're 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 Johnny fast. I thought you I thought you'd at least be. But I, okay, top okay. Five. My my counter I think has to be with runners on first, and I hold. I, I vary my holds. I vary my speed that's and true. timing because the All runners right. right in front of me. So I think that's kind of where right my right handers just going. He didn't hold it. I, I, do, does right do right hand pitchers even? Old people I, I, anymore? I, I don't even know. I don't think so. I don't think they pay attention. I don't to think it. so. I mean, with our catchers, there's no reason to. I mean, we got arms behind the plate, so you know, with Betancourt and Murph, I mean, they're going to throw guys out no matter how fast. You, you got to kind of with Betancourt back there. You got to watch your lips with that ball coming back fast. I mean, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he takes great BP too, on top of not only having a great throwing arm, but I mean, yeah, no, yeah, 100. The we got two the best arms in the league, you know, behind the dish. So um, base runners is – it's going to be interesting to see how many guys steal on us this year. When the notes came out that StatCast had this pitch tempo deal, I immediately thought of you, and I thought, I love this. Like, now we're going to really know who's a sloth out there yeah. and who are the guys that when you pitch fast – your defense loves it. We were talking to Kevin Smith about that. Going, you're on. Hey, ball's coming. You got to be ready. You're on. You're, I mean, you're ready to play versus yeah. sitting there. And we actually did a timer on like what 30 seconds is like, just to sit here for 30 seconds and wait. I mean, it's a really long it's a time. Long time. You're such a better pitcher. The way you get into a groove, you're in a groove. Everybody else is in a groove. Yeah. Working quick, and I'm glad we're. And aren't you glad as someone that means a lot to your game that we're now actually going to look at it and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that that definitely needs to be talked about. Um, you know that there's, you know, there's one thing about having a routine, and then there's another thing about working at a pace that actually gets you going and gets gets uh, you get comfortable and you get into a rhythm, and the game works actually faster in your favor. And like, I mean, you can you saw it the other day. I mean, Verlander works, you know, at a regular rate and yeah. you know works pretty quick. And I mean, 
he was throwing well. He got into a groove, and then I was working quick as well. I mean, yeah, I had a runner on first most of the time, but I mean, even then, with no runners on, still working quick, and we, you know, got through that ball game two and a half hours or something like that. And so, you know, it just it just goes to show that if you are working quick and working at a good tempo, you know, the games are going to speed up. They they will. They just happen naturally. But I mean, it's it's on the guys holding the ball first, and that and I take a look in the mirror at that. So, um, if I'm not working quick. Um, there, there's got to be something going on or something I'm thinking about because, you know, that's that's part of my game. That's how I pitch consistently. When you go up against a lineup like the Astros mm-hmm. where they really are one of the few lineups in baseball that can beat you every single way, they got the power, they got the contact hitters, they can – what's it like preparing for them and getting ready for a ball club and then going out and implementing that plan? I mean, not just the Astros. I mean, the rest of the league. I mean, it's Major League Baseball. We're you got to prepare for teams to be able to put damage numbers on you. And and yeah, the Astros have a lot of depth and damage. So you know, it's trying to limit that, trying to make good pitches um, early. And you know, there, there's a lot of I, I would say amongst just all teams, like you can't take you know the bottom part of the lineup for granted because they can do damage. Yeah. And you know, we're in the major leagues, so. You know, being able to prepare, knowing who who can put more damage on you, know who puts a little less, know who guy, you know, what guys put in play, you know, what pitches they like, or what they're seeing well right now, you know, all that stuff is a factor in terms of game planning. And um, you know, I like looking at one of my, the stats that I look at is their last ten at bats and their last thirty at bats against left-handed left-handed pitchers. What are they doing? What are they seeing? And uh, you know, the averages can flip a lineup. They you, you know, guys in the three-four hole could actually be not doing as much damage at that time as the seven-eight guys. So now you know you got to be a little bit more careful with the guys that are seeing the ball well at the bottom of the lineup. So I mean, it's there's a constant balance um, all year about you know who's hot, who's not, and and that's what's fun about this game and pitching. And um, but yeah, the Astros. I mean, they they just got a great great lineup up and down. Whether or not you believe whatever they did you know i mean that's 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 a a different time and now they're you know they're like the rest of us and you know they still have the bats to to do damage and you have to be able to manage it in the best way you can and and limiting you know solid contact and and i think that's what i do well is is i pitch to miss barrels and i don't i don't necessarily pitch to miss bats i can tell you where i sit right up here in the press box and all of a sudden they come and take you out. All of a sudden my papers are flying all over. I'm like, why? Why <laughs> keep him in there? I, I mean, it drives me nuts. You don't necessarily have to comment on this now that I think about it, but it drives me nuts because there's a problem to me when you're going to use four, five, six relievers, it takes one guy to have an off night for that whole thing to fail. Yeah. And I got a guy like you. It's like, this is what bugs me. I don't know if it bugs I can ask you this with either of us get in trouble. Does it bug you that around the league that they feel if you give up one or two runs and it's the third time through the order that, oh, God, we got to make changes? Why can't we work through stuff like pitchers used to? Uh, you're, ask, you're, you're preaching to the choir on my end on that. You know, there, there's a lot of times where I feel like, you know, a good example uh, the other day, you know, I come out of the game five and two-thirds and, um, you know, I'm an out and away from a quality start. In my mind, I love quality starts. I love being able to give the team a chance to win. 
um, you know, I want that ball. And I was kind of I was kind of soft in showing Kotze that I wanted to stay in there. I should have tried a little bit harder. Um, what do you say to him? I kind of waved him off on the mound, but he didn't see me wave him off. And so maybe next time I just try to tell him when he comes out to the mound. But he already called for an arm, so I didn't really try all that hard. I'll so be honest. So, yeah, if, he, if he's already – his head was down when I was like doing like one of these. Like, no, stay in there. Like, I don't, I don't want him to come out. And like, yeah, you're kind of done. So, yeah, it was more so like fun on my part. I was like, I wanted it, but I knew he was looking down and he wasn't going to give it to me. So I was like, all right, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take it. So, you know, again, sometimes decisions need to be made, and we're in a one-run ball game there. Verlander's throwing well. We don't know how that game's going to shape out. I think, I think, in, all in all, you know, that that's a good decision. You know, you got to think about situations and. Um, you know, the bottom of their lineup was, was hitting me a little bit more um, than the top of the lineup. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing about pitching right now, and I'm noticing, is is that third time through. A lot of teams aren't letting starters go through that third time through At the all. Lineup. And what's interesting on my end, being a pitcher and pitching to contact, I'm going to see that third time through. And But you got to prove that you can do it. you got to prove that um, you can make pitches um, and pitch guys three different times you know, three different ways in a game. And so that, that to me, is, is pitching, is being able to show guys different things. I think one of the at-bats that stood out the most to me was uh, uh, Alvarez in my last start is facing him three times, you know, solid bat. You know, his second at-bat, I threw him too many sliders. And then that last time I, I broke his barrel, you know, on fastball in. And so in that first at-bat, I was pounding him in too. So, I mean – I kind of got off my game plan in that second at bat, but I went back to it, and 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 it, and it showed up to be a good thing. You know, got out of that you know fifth inning and and was able to be in there for the six. So, I think those just those those small things kind of go a long way when when you're still learning to pitch at this level and and showing that you can prove to you know pitch through three times through the order and and stuff. And so that's pitching isn't easy um you know hitters make those adjustments and as a pitcher you got to as well and you got to be ahead of it you know one thing that when you look at starting pitchers like you pitch and then the world forgets about you for a few days right it's like now we don't because we see all the stuff that you do but just tell the audience how much work the volume of work you guys will do doesn't have to be all physical. A lot can be mental too, with watching the video and watching things, and, and, and as you said, gearing up, looking at the last ten games or how many games. Or just talk about what you do in between starts. Yeah, I mean, between starts, it's for me, it's a little bit simpler. Um, you know, today I got a, I do a long run, um, got a lower lower body lift, and then uh, tomorrow I got a bull, uh, bullpen. And uh, my last bullpen. I threw it like 60, 65 percent. I don't think I had a fastball over 70 miles an hour in my bullpen. But I, what I was trying to do was trying to throw fastballs, you know, on, on both sides of the plate. I was splitting the plate, nothing in the middle. I, I didn't throw anything in the middle. It was trying to hit the corners and trying to hit all quadrants of the corners. So, you know, up, middle, and, and down. And so, you know, bullpens are intentional. You know, tomorrow I'm probably going to be working on a little bit more slider, um, slider cutter action. Um, just to tunnel those a little bit better, um, you know, and, and that's kind of the in-between there. And then, and then you know, we got two days up until Atlanta. Um, I will go into the yard on the off day to, to get some work in, um, get a little light lift and, and stuff. So, I mean, we're lifting, we're working out. As a starter, it's four, four days a week that we're lifting and, and running and, 
and then we get our start day. And then even after our start day, we're riding the bike for 20, 25 minutes after the start. So we're, we work hard. Um, you know, the, the programs here um, is kind of tailored to whatever you need, and they learn you as you go, um, and, and they help you as much as they can. And, and just a great staff, support staff here just that helps us every, every day. You know, I think about golf, and I think about how that works for, like, what you guys do. So if you're going to play golf that day and you go out to the range, you're working on what you do well because that's what you got to play with. On a day where you're not playing, you're just going to the range, you can switch grips. You can do all kinds. Mm-hmm. I can try and hit a cut. I can hit a fade. I can, I mean, yeah. I can try and draw it. I can yeah. try and do all. So for you, when you talk about your bullpen like tomorrow, will you concentrate more on refining what you do well or trying to fix what you want to make better? Start to start. It's, between, it's start to start for me um, because, like, if I come off a game where I was throwing bad sliders, I want to throw more sliders in the bullpen and just get that feel back of what a good f- slider feels like at the, at the tips of my fingers. Um, some guys throw the same routine every time. You know, everyone's different. And so to me, I kind of tailor it to kind of what I've been doing well, what I haven't been. So I kind of balance it the best way I can. But the other day, sometimes you just need to relax. You kind of need a lighter day. So I just did fastballs only and, and didn't try to overwork myself through 25 pitches, but still wanted to to get something out of it and it was all about command at the at the end of my release point and just trying to feel it out front and so again like kind of similar to golf like there's there's that refining point that we do but you know with where we're at um sometimes you got to think about the lineups coming up sometimes you there's a lot of things that kind of go into a bullpen day and and i definitely think about it um you know there's some days where i'm gonna wear a wear a jersey there's some days where i'm not like it's depends on the day it depends on how i've been going you know what the rhythm's like um there's a lot of thought that goes into it and as i say it i'm definitely definitely in my own head about it for sure now i'm going to be watching tomorrow <laughs> i'm going to be i'm going to be up in the press ball is he wearing a jersey start, today what I, is he I doing i started talking about it and i went oh my gosh i overthink my bullpens way too much <laughs> I need to relax a little bit more. That's what we do here on Ace Cast Live. <laughs> we, we get the real of what's going on. How much, whether it's you, because you guys all talk a lot, you guys are a great support system for each other, how much do you guys got to make sure in a game of failure you don't get too down on yourself? We fail every day. I mean, a, a ball a ball in our you know total pitches category is, is, is a failure. Um, sometimes it's... A success, a successful failure if we're trying to throw balls. I mean, earlier in the year, I was trying to throw a little bit more balls because I was in the zone too much. Um, so, you know, there's there's times where, you know, I think a good example is, you know, when we get hit around a little bit, you know, I think the starters are really good at coming in and, and supporting each other about, like, what we're seeing from the sidelines and what we're seeing from the dugout. You know, hey, you're rushing a little bit too far down the plate or – Hey, I think I think you should have gone fastball here with that you know location. And the next time they face that hitter, it's they, they they execute it. And you know with Frankie, I know we tell him a lot to throw his splitter. And it's not not a knock on him. He just he gets into the rhythm of the game like all of us. They tell me the same thing on my changeup. You know we just want to want to get on it. We want want to throw it hard. And and again that's just, it's just player to player. It's it's different guy. You know Captain Knight will probably tell him something. And we're just honest with each other in the moment because we'd rather know now than, than know after the game when we could have made the adjustment. And so 
that's the biggest thing I think uh, from the starters core. It, that's that's what we talk about. We we're, we're in each other's ear daily about stuff. Even even just on catch play sessions, we're watching each other. You know, are we are we taking it seriously? Are, are we out front? Are we? There's a lot of things that that we take care of, and and we make sure that we don't get lazy. Yeah, I always thought like Mariano Rivera, like what does he do in bullpens? He just throws the same pitch over and over again. <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. Like, why do they ever even put down sides? Like, like anyone's like everyone knows knows what's coming. I mean, did, did they, were they going to trick you one time with a, a pitch that wasn't a cutter? There's he a threw cutter. it every <laughs> single pitch. Oh, uh, I think I told Danny the other day. I think I forget who we were facing, but I, said, I think everyone in the ballpark knew he was throwing a curveball. I think it was to Nathaniel Lowe or something like that. And I think everyone knew except for him, except except for Lowe, and he struck out on a curveball, and it was just like. That's his best pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think there's a lot of guys in the league that you know what he's going to throw. I just, you know, but, you know, some of these guys, when your stuff's that good, you could be out there and be like, hey, I'm throwing that. Like when Frankie's got his split going, oh, it's, it's like he could tell you, I'm throwing it. What are you going to do about it? It's aggravating. As a guy that throws 90 miles an hour, it's aggravating. It's watching 98 and then a 90-mile-an-hour splitter. And I'm just like, that's just not fair. Well, think about it if, like, Evaldi has given up 16 home runs. Can you imagine if you had a 100-mile-an-hour fastball no. to go with your stuff? No, I feel like I'd be in the training room a heck of a lot more. I don't like being in there. You'd have no hitters if you had. If you had a hundo, <laughs> if you had a hundo. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably, maybe. I, I I had 98 out of the bullpen. In, Did you in, really? In Philadelphia, yeah. God, how good was that? That was the coolest feeling ever. It was in Cleveland, actually. Was when I when I did it. Was I, that a juice gun or was no that? no no? It was. I mean, it was clean. It was clean. It was a clean ninety eight. It was ninety eight point two. So I mean, Where'd I got a go? point two on there. Where'd it go? I have to start. I have to save energy. So if you we, know, so I surprised. I was surprised that a lot of people don't know this, but I'll just share it. A lot of us starters pitch at like ninety ninety five percent. Of course, because you you'd be burnt by we, the third fourth right, inning. Yeah. Right. Frankie, I think is almost max effort. Except for on a splitter, and we have to tell them that. But I think for the most part, we <laughs> we 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 just try to conserve our energy because we're trying to get deep in that ball game. And and a lot of people, when I'm giving lessons in the offseason, you know, ask like, why aren't why aren't you trying to like train with throw harder? Well, I was like, because I want him, I want I want them to throw accurately first. I said when your body develops and, and gets stronger, you know, that's when the velo comes and. And velo is just such an interesting thing to me. There's so many different ways to kind of teach it with driveline and all that. Well, I'll tell you this. But every broadcast, i got to do a farm report. So I'm always looking at our minor league teams. Oh, we're training them to throw all out in starts because they're only going three innings. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing is, like, now you're not teaching how to, like, manage a lineup going, you know, two, three times through in order. And like I think that I think the for me the minor league schedule being only six games and having six starters kind of hurts learning how to pitch to a team twice in the same you know in the same week. Um, I'm not sure what what we do on the minor league side, but I mean at least when I was in AAA, AA, like being on that five man rotation, man it and we faced the same team in a week, knowing that I had them twice, I had to learn a lot about how how to throw a team six different ways. And 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 do it three times in the night, and that's that to me is is what is is what makes pitching so fun. Is like there's so many different ways right now that you can go about coaching. Like baseball is a really fun time right now where you can teach velo or you can teach command. 
you can kind of do it all right now, and both are going to work and get you to the pinnacle of the game. And and but all in all, like back to my original statement, is like 90, 95 percent uh, effort out of starters, and then we have that in our bag to be able to throw 95, 96. And and I've I've showed it in a few starts this year where you know I've gotten up to 95, and that's when I'm trying to empty the tank. Well, you're not going to have to worry. By the time you retire, pitchers will, starters will only go twice a month. They'll get, they'll, they'll get we're going to have seven, eight-man staffs. What, you, what do you think, about 12 starts a year will be good? Golly, 12 I don't 12 starts know. with yeah. that? Yeah. I Chasing mean, records in the 12 start a year record? Oh, man. I, I, I Yeah, there's there, there are some areas I hope baseball doesn't go down. 20-man bullpens? Yeah. The pitch clock, is to me, is one thing that I hope that we don't get too happy with because I feel like a routine is good in an at-bat. A routine is good when you're on the mound. Um, you know, foul balls happen. That's when you take your time to reset. And if you got to be on the mound to be ready to throw a pitch, to me that, like, I've seen – I was watching uh, – when I was in Stockton, watching that pitch clock, man, it was just – it's just so fast. It's just – it's so fast that you actually can't think and you just just react. And I – I feel like learning the game is very hard to do when you're trying to go hyper speed in baseball. And so, but again, it's cutting down time in games. So by a lot, by a lot, it, it is, it is. And the numbers are, their numbers are crazy, but uh, there's still a level of understanding and learning the game that I feel like needs to be had at those levels. And if you're running through a game as fast as it can, what, what are you learning from the game? How are you breaking that down? How is it? How is it affecting you know a growth of a player, uh, especially young players at, at that level? So it's it's interesting. You know, there, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that. We could probably talk about that at a different time. We got all <laughs> the time in the world. Now they're they're going to wrap me up here uh, quickly. You know what? You guys have been better on the road than at home. It's bottom line. You're going to finish this series. Go back on the road. Is is that something that? in the back of your guys' mind that you, you understand, you know that sometimes, hey, hey, let's get on the plane, let's go. It's better for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it's hard to say this year because, I mean, we, we're we in here every day grinding and, and really trying to win um, games at home. I mean, but I think our bats, you know, in, in opposing ballparks kind of show up a little bit more. Um, you know, and, that, and that's just plain and simple. I think pitching's going to stay the same. I mean, it doesn't matter where we go, pitching's going to stay the same. Um, I think just offensively, a few through the balls that we hit here go out in other ballparks, and maybe that's I think that's all it is. And and so you know it could be kind of a, a thing to think about. But at the at the end of the day, we're trying to win at home as just as much as we're trying to yeah. win on the road. Um, so I, I don't really have an answer. I, I think we're always ready to play. We're always we don't care who's in the other uniform, and we just we want to win ball games, and we don't like losing. I'll tell you that. I mean that's. The, the loss the other day you know, just hurt a little bit, um, and I'm glad we had the off day to kind of reflect and kind of reset. And uh, there's a lot of good energy today in the in the locker room, so to hopefully we can carry carry this into a series win against a, a good Red Sox team. All right, so let's just end with this: as long as pitch tempo, you're top 15. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Okay. Yeah, top, top 15, 15. Try to get top 10, but I know that with holding runners at first as a left-handed pitcher. It's gonna, if you were right-handed, where would you be? I'm pretty sure I'd be at the top. I'd be curious to see who the who the righties and lefties like. 
if there's if there is a discrepancy between you think my crack staff would be able to come up with this information yeah I, especially how when many we, lefties are in the top <laughs> 10 are we sliding him is that not i didn't even think <laughs> no, about that no, remember i set this to minimum 250 <laughs> pitches because they've weighed miley in there who hasn't thrown that many pitches yet this year he's like 11 seconds with nobody on base but he's only pitching certain so i set it to 250 but, but one of cole is is you're 12 but all 11 guys are right handers in Good. front of you right right then that's not fair yeah, exactly. That that that's called so that, ba- that's analytics that are crap. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm holding up. Then they, 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 you know, technically, then they should have a righty versus lefty. Could yeah, you like could a left column, righty column. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because yeah. All right, minimum two hundred fifty pitches. Shane Bieber, righty. Righty. Aaron Ashby, he, he's a, from the Brewers. I think he's a lefty. Uh, Steven Matz, lefty. Alex Wood, okay. lefty. Okay. Logan Webb, wow, righty. a lot of lefties up there. Uh, Our, uh, Mike, I need to speed things up. Uh, the, the next lefty after. Um, would be Nestor, Nasty Nestor. Nasty? Drew nasty. Smiley, David Peterson, also a lefty. Gosh. Then you, and then Sean Manai. Wait, David Peterson, then me? Uh, yes. Yeah, go Ducks. Oh. And then Manai is <laughs> after you. So you're ahead of Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, that's the, yeah, totally beat you. <laughs> Got him. You know, Got him in one category. It's, it's not too long from now that we will not talk baseball and we will talk Pac-12 football. Hey, we're we're hey, we're not you know that far, far. We're summertime. Before you Speaking know it, up, we're going to hit August, and it's yeah. going to be let's get her going. Yeah, college baseball right now going on. I think the Ducks are on right now, so I got to go in and start watching. Thank you very much. Have, awesome stuff. Always fun having having me on. So it was, always, it was a great time. Thank you for having me. We're back when Tuesday. Tuesday before we take on Wash, Walt Weiss. Matt Olson oh and the Braves. God. All of our old age <laughs> yeah. friends are down there in Hotlanta. We'll talk about it on Tuesday. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.